Hello, welcome to the Kings and Beatles Daily Deep Dive, episode 235, part 2. Once again, I opened the episode with audio problems, so if you were joining me live before, um, I'm sorry that you lost the audio. I see in the chat here that, uh, that uh, there was no audio, so I've started over. I hope people will come back. Um, we do have a poll for this episode, so if you are in the live chat, make sure you vote on that poll. Um, I think it's time to maybe get a new microphone for this thing. Um, so I'm a little flustered because this is the second day in a row I've had to start the podcast over. Subscribe via YouTube so that you will get um, access to the upcoming schedule. You can set reminders for yourself and you'll get notified of things when um, when it is going live. And also, um, the more once we get a certain number of subscribers, we can actually give you um, those subscribers. Uh, you can subscribe and uh, get bonus episodes directly through YouTube. As it is right now, if you want to take part in our bonus episode, which the first one is March 26, um, you have to contribute via Hero Habits website. So if you subscribe, that'll help us out a ton. If you would like to take part in that, bonus episode on March 26th, which is going to be focused on the album covers. Um, you can contribute via herohabit.com slash shop. And then once you're there, you once you contribute, you'll get an email from YouTube about how to access the video live. And then you'll also have exclusive access to the video for about two months following that before it goes public. And this is going to be a video only um, episode. So if you are an audio um, listener on the on the podcast stream, you're going to want to swing by YouTube and check that out. All right. I think I'm unflustered now from having to start over due to the audio issues. Um, thank you for T. Kingsley for letting me know. Um, I hope that you're, that's you back in the, uh, in the room. Today we're talking about Three Legs, which was released May 17th, 1971 on Paul's album Ram. It's the second track on the album. Um, there was a music video made for this song, but it was never released as a 45. And actually, there were two music videos made for the Ram album to promote it. And neither one of the songs featured in those videos um, was a 45, which is weird. Uh, you'd think that they'd make the videos for the singles, but they didn't. Um, and there's a lot of interpretation that this song is another veiled dig at John or the Beatles in general. And I just don't think it's true. Paul denies it has anything to do with the Beatles. And I believe him because these are among the least comprehensible lyrics in Paul's solo catalog. And Paul is not afraid to go back and um, re-attribute things in his lyrics. Right? We've seen it a ton of times where there's no mention of this song being about such and such topic. And then 50 years later, all of a sudden it is. And the fact that he hasn't once attributed this song to being some kind of uh, attack on the on the on his former bandmates, I think speaks volumes. Also, it just doesn't make sense uh, because the lyrics are horrible and they mean nothing. Now, where most of the time I would rip Paul uh, on his lyrics being weak to the point of distraction, I don't have a problem with not every song being Eleanor Rigby caliber lyrics. Um, where my problem comes in is when they are so bad that it's a distraction to the song. These are actually not that bad because it fits the song perfectly. Are they silly lyrics? Yes. Do they border on outright stupidity? 
uh, you could make the argument that they crossed that border, but they perfectly fit the vibe of the song, right? And the feel of the song. And uh, for that, I don't fault him at all. There's a place at a time and a place for the nonsense lyrics. And I think Three Legs is a perfect example of that. One line that people point to, including Ringo and George, apparently, uh, I saw several references to the to the fact, quote unquote, that Ringo and George thought that this song was about them. But I actually could never find their specific quotes where they talked about it. Um, but the line is, my dog, he got three legs, but he can't run, which some take to mean that his dog is the Beatles. But now that he's left, the remaining three can't work. But there's a couple of reasons why this is a bit ridiculous. For starters, to this point, John and George have released huge critical successes. Ringo's top in the charts with the singles. And Paul has been a critical flop with his first solo venture. And he doesn't know it yet, but Ram is going to be another critical flop for him. Sells well, but it's a critical flop. Um, So to suggest that the three-legged dog or or the Beatles who were against him can't run is just stupid. The one-leg dog is the one that hasn't proven he can run so far. Um, there's also the fact that the refrain of the song is, my dog, he got three legs, your dog, he got none, which is a different line, really. Um, it just doesn't make sense as a Beatles reference in relation to what was actually happening at the time. And just because something should normally be in fours and is now in threes does not mean it's a cryptic statement about the Beatles breakup. Sometimes three is just three, and there's no hidden meaning behind it. Then there's a line, a fly flies in, a fly flies out. Most flies, they got three legs, but mine got one. What on earth is this supposed to mean? Most flies have three legs? Paul, have you actually seen a fly? It's just nonsense. Even Paul admits that when he wrote this song um, sitting in his kitchen, a fly probably flew in through the window, and that was the lyric. There is no meaning to this song, folks. None. The dog bit is inspired by a drawing Heather did that Paul titled um, A Dog Is Here, which is a line in the song. And the fly bit is about an actual fly. This has about as much meaning as I am the walrus or digger pony. It's just nonsense words strung together that sound cool when Paul sings them a certain way. And speaking of which... Let's talk about Paul's vocals here because he does a similar thing here that he did on Why Don't We Do It in the Road. And you hear him experimenting with it on the outtake for Why Don't We Do It on the Road on the anthology, um, where he's alternating his vocal quality throughout the song. And it works really well. And we hear him do it on things like uh, Uncle, Admir- uh, Uncle, Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. But with when he does it there, he's doing it really with three different songs, right? He's singing each song in a different style. In this one, the song style stays the same. He just changes his his voice, um, you know, from a whisper tone to just his straight ahead blues rock tone to his full belt, all on the same track, all in the same style. And it's a very cool vocal line. That, uh, it probably works this well because of the way the lyrics are constructed, right? It allows him to repeat words, repeat lines, um, most of the words here are monosyllabic, so it allows him to stretch them and play with his phrasing and all these things. Um, so like where the lyrics are not great on paper, in the context of the song, they fit great. And I think they contribute to the freedom that he obviously had when he was recording the vocals to this. The song's first verse is a pretty straight ahead um, 12 bar quick change. 
And what a quick change means is, so you've got your standard 12 bar blues, and when we say quick change, it means that we switch to the four chord on the second bar of the song, and then right back to the one chord for bars three and four. And a standard blues, you just play that one chord for the first four bars. Let me play it. Why have the guitar sitting here if we're not going to use it? So standard 12 bar blues, you would open your... Right? On a quick change, you throw in that four bar, four chord on the second bar. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Right? So that's what a quick change is. And that's what he's doing for the first verse. Um, I call it the A section because there's not really a verse, chorus, or bridge here. It's just A section, B section, C section. Um, and, and he also keeps to the blues lyric form, which is A-A-B, right? So you've got like the, uh, my mama done told me, you know, you've got that, you say a line, you say it again, and then you say a new line. So in this case, we've got, um, uh, where is it? Well, when I walk, when I walk. On my horse upon the hill When I walk my horse upon the hill When I walk, 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 walk On my horse upon the hill So that's your two A's And when I lay me down Will my lover love me still? Whoops. Um, so that's your A-A-B. So he sticks to that. That's a straight-ahead blues uh, progression. But for the parts where he sings a dog is here or a fly flies in, he's just vamping on an A chord. So in true Beatles tradition, even when he's playing a blues, he can't stick to the form for an entire song. We've talked about it fairly recently, I think, about how the Beatles don't really have any straight ahead 12 bar blues. So we've got a dog is here, dog is there, just over the one chord. My dog, he got three legs. But you can't run. Right? So that's pretty straight ahead. Easy stuff. Um, but then when he gets to the full belt section, there's a couple cool things here. When he, It's like when I fly, when I fly, when I fly. That section there. Um, he's kind of going back and forth between one and four. But then he adds a bar of six to the song just to throw you off. There's no real reason for it. You may not even have noticed it because they they handle it so smoothly. I actually had to uh, sit and kind of conduct it to myself. I'm like, what are they doing there? I, I never noticed it really until today either. Um, but he throws in a bar of six. So he listened to the words, you can knock me down with a feather. Yes, you could. Knock is on one, and the first syllable of feather is on the next one. So there's two extra beats in there. So when I fly, when I fly, when I fly, when I fly above the crowd. When I fly above the man in the crowd When I fly, when I fly, when I fly, when I fly above the crowd When I fly above the man in the crowd You can knock me down three, four, five with a feather, yes you could So you see you've got that extra two beats um, right there Just adds a little something and again Can't just play it straight, you gotta add some little pop sensibility to it which I think is another thing that makes this song cool and it grabs your ear whether you noticed it or not it grabs your ear because it is jarring that you your one 
feels a little out of place. And even if you can't pick it up immediately on what you're actually listening to, um, that's what it feels like. And then probably the coolest part of the song, the outro, the band does a cool time shift into like a funky, almost halftime feel. And to my ear, and I may be off on this one, what's happening is the band is shifting from a triplet-based shuffle. So they go, dun, 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 dun. Um, and then they're turning they're turning that shuffle into a 16th note funk groove where the triplets become 16th notes. So you're going right so the the eighth note triplet becomes the 16th note and then is played pretty straight. It's a 16th subdivision which kind of gives the the feeling of of swing because you're doing like uh, uh, the uh, you're putting that emphasis on the last 16th note of the bar but it is just still technically straight um, it's not exactly what they're doing because I think they're just basing the new tempo mostly on Paul's pickup vocal he's the guide into this new tempo but if I were writing this out for someone else to play, I am 70% confident that this is what I'd write. It's a weird shift, but it sounds awesome. And it's a cool uh, way to end this song. All in all, I really like this song. Like I said, it's it's the rare instance like Dig a Pony when the gibberish lyrics perfectly fit the song. And I don't think this would be as good if Paul was trying to deliver a narrative. It's not about the words. It's about the feel. It's about what he can do with his vocal delivery. Um, it's just it's just a cool little song. And uh, yeah, I have nothing else to say to that. I hope you will join me tomorrow on YouTube Live. Tomorrow we're doing an evening recording um, where we'll be talking about Victoria from the Kinks. And uh, of course, like I said, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can hit me up on any of the social medias. Um, and then you can also give me a call at 925-494-1739 or email me at kinksandbeatsaherohabit.com. And with that, I bid you farewell. Have a great day and stay safe out there.